Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained or received like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 2, man, my heart for you today. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According, look at verse 3, according to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, comma, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises we're going to stop right there for a second think about that ponder that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption or the degeneration that is in the world through lust now look at verse 5 and besides this giving all diligence that means paying heed paying attention add to your faith virtue and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. He said this, for Peter says, if these things be in you and abound, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren or idle, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now look here. But he that lacks these things is blind, can't see far off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10, wherefore, church, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Uh-oh. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, that you know them and be established in the present truth. I'm not talking about any truth. I'm not talking about an opinion type of truth. I'm talking about a present truth. I'm talking about the kind of truth that was the same kind of truth thousands of years ago. That listen today, the same creator that spun it all into existence is the same God that we serve today. There's a truth that man must hear. Why don't people change? It's because they don't really want the truth. If you'll take the truth, then I'm going to tell you the truth will set you, make you free. I wish I could get a witness. So see, I'm preaching before I preach. 
in this present truth. Yeah, I think it meet or proper that as long as I'm in this tabernacle, meaning this body, to steer you up. That's what I'm here to do today. To steer you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I'm going to put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that word today, that one day we're going to put this tabernacle off. That listen, can I tell you, this is just a shell of a man. Hallelujah. But listen, glory be to God, He has put His Spirit on the inside of us today. God has given me a word, man, that I've been studying most all of the week and thinking about how important that it is for us to be layered in our Christianity. If you have a title today, you can write this. You can write this down. The title of this would just simply be Composite Christianity. Composite Christianity. And I want to talk more about that as we go through this. So I do. Listen, I covet your prayers today in here and online. I do. I want this word to go forth clearly. I want it to go forth in such a way that, listen, that it will reach even the darkest, coldest hearts. And that this word will change you and, listen, begin to shape. I still believe in a heavenly potter that takes any old lump of clay and begins to mold it and shape it into what he wants it to be. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So composite, before I even get to the definition, I want you to turn to somebody and say, what are you made of? You know, back in the day, on the playground, when you had a difference with somebody, they said, well, come on, let's just go out here by the swings and let's just see what you're made of. Well, today we don't fight real battles. We fight virtual battles. And you huss and cuss and do everything else and you're all big and bold and everything online. You know what? I kind of miss the day where we go out by the swings and we just settle things. And if you whoop me and I whooped you, then we just get over it. We shake hands, hug necks, and say, you got me that time. But boy, I'm telling you what, don't count on it the next time. I'm talking about a day, listen, that when things were settled, not online. I'm thankful for the people that have been in my life that have been in my life to set me straight. I'm going to tell you this. I'm thankful for the whoopings that I took. I'm thankful for that. And in the midst of that, when just that still, that common thought, Dennis, is what are you made of? You know what's going on today? Hell is trying to see what you're made of. Hell is just trying to see what you're made of. You know what the Word of God tells me in the book of Genesis, Mike? The Word of God tells me this. And this is a good place, thinking about what you're made of. This is a good place for you to never leave in your mind. God said that he took the dust of the ground. He took that and he formed it. He put it together and there was man. Nope. That he breathed into it and then it became a living soul. Can I tell you, we got a lot of people that have form but have no life. We got a lot of people that have a form of religion, but they don't. You got a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. I can tell you that there's a fresh breath coming from heaven right now on everybody that'll receive it. I need to go ahead and speak this into somebody's life from the Holy Ghost and from the throne room. Hell's trying to tell you there's a famine in the land. Listen, God's trying to tell you that I'm the favor in the midst of your famine. I'm trying to tell you I don't operate the way that the world operates. Hallelujah. Glory. Why? Because if, he, if it would happen in abundance, then you'd forget God. 
God operates in the midst of need. God operates in the midst of trial. God operates in the midst of tribulation. God operates when you don't have no way out. When hell tells you, I got you cornered, you can say you got me cornered, but look who's in my corner. Kyle! Hell trying to tell you what you're made of. It's so many today. You're, listen, you're, you're formed by other people's opinion of who you are instead of what God made you. I believe this. The Word of God says in the book of Leviticus chapter 17. Pretty sure it's 17. The life of the flesh is in the blood. I believe that when God breathed into Adam, I believe he breathed blood into his body. Listen, there's a natural blood flow going through my body, but I can tell you right now that there's a heavenly vein that God himself has placed on the end. You don't understand. There's royal blood flowing through your veins, Christian. You've been made kings and priests. Not only do you have authority, but you understand the anointing. What are you made of? I get sick of hell telling me, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You go, I'm going to do this to you, and I'm going to do... Well, just come on then. Some of you have been bullied long enough. Some of you have been pushed back long enough. It's time for you to stand up in Jesus' name and fight that devil and kick him back to hell where he came from. Fear. Doubt, confusion, chaos. Hell's got a full, he, he feels, he, listen, he feels a full team. And he can line up against you every morning. But I'm going to tell you right now, if it's just you and Jesus, then go with what you got and who's got you. Some of you right now, some of you right now are figuring out what you made of. What are you made of? I'm a man of passion. I'm a woman of purpose. I'm a woman of prayer. I'm a woman. I'm a man of power. And I'm raising a family in passion, power, purpose. And God still got What are you made of? I'm more than a church song. I'm more than a weak hymnal. I'm more than words on a page. I'm more than somebody that packs their Bible. I'm the kind that believes that the Bible packs them. Uh-oh. What are you made of? Huh? Girls and boys, sugars and spice and everything nice. What's that other one, Amy, about something and puppy dog tails? Yeah, some snails and puppy dog tails. Let me tell you what we're made of, children of God. We are made and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I'm going to tell you what. Hell may nibble at you. Satan, that old roaring lion, may, he may growl. He may roar. But I'm going to tell you what. If he ever puts his teeth into you, he's going to taste some royal blood and understand he don't have any authority over you anymore. By the way, how many of y'all know that Jesus done pulled that lion's teeth at Calvary and at that empty, ooh, that empty tomb, he'll gum you. But he can't eat you up. For people tell me, what are you going, what are you going to do? You can't do it. What are, you, what are they going to do? Eat me? Huh? What are you made of? I'm still talking about 
point number one. But what are you made of? Composite Christianity. Let me tell you, man, nobody told you it's going to be smooth sailing. No, you got on the wrong ship. You got on a cruise ship. It's a battleship, Jack. We at war. Hell, hell flexing its guns and doing all this and that. Can I tell you something? A fire was, mm, mm, a missile was shot 2,000 years ago and hell ain't got over it and can't get over it. We are alive in Jesus Christ. Listen, he put the devil under his feet on that third day when they looked in and said, he ain't here. Hallelujah. Hell had to bow to the presence of an almighty God. What are you made of? I made it something more that goes to church every Sunday that thinks I do God an honor if I watch online and I take an hour out you got to be something more than that right now you got to be something more than that what are you made of I don't know about y'all man but listen I love me some Andy Griffith I love me some Andy Griffith I grew up watching Andy Griffith one of my favorite shows Jenny one of my favorite episodes when little Opie was on his way to school and that bully showed up and he was taking Opie's lunch money. Remember that, Alan? <laughs> he kept on taking his lunch money. Y'all remember? And then he come in with that big old black eye. And he said, isn't it a good and Paul? He stood up to the enemy. I'm not telling you that the enemy won't punch. I'm not telling you that he won't swing. I'm just telling you he can't win. You face what's ever bullying you right now and putting you in the corner. And you come out fighting, Jack. You come out swinging. And you let hell know that you got a cause, not just behind you. You got a cause in you. What are you made of, church? What are you made of? We've got to be more than pews and seats and colored carpet. You know, maybe my, maybe my fault has been this, that I've made more room for you to sit in here than I have God. Maybe one of my issues has been this, is that maybe I've made more room for you in my life than I have Him. God's not attracted by pews and seats and carpet that matches. Thankful. Y'all know me, I wouldn't have cared. You know what God's interested in here and out there? He's interested in you. He's interested in you. Praise be to God. So you got to ask yourself, what are you made of? I'm not formed by your opinion. I'm not formed by what you think of me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I can guarantee you this. I had somebody send me a really kind text. They said, I know you're in a place where, where people, you know, you're going to get this and you're going to get that. You know what? I'm really, I, I got to be past that. Because I'm not built on what people think. And you're not either. You're built on what you know. Let me tell you what I know few things I know. I know my Redeemer lives. Can I get a witness in this house? Can I tell you that's the first part of it? And I know not only that my Redeemer lives, but one day He's going to stand on this earth. Hallelujah. And the Word of God says that in Zechariah 14. One day He's going to put His foot down. 
And things are going to split. And one day he's going to be king of kings. And Lord, he already is in my life. But one day, y'all have already sung it. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Not that he is a Savior. Not that he's a Lord. But he is the Savior. He is the Lord. The king of kings. What are you made of? Composite Christianity. Really, I love the way, Pastor, that, that Jesus, that when he was walking this earth, now stay with me, it's going to get real now. That when he was walking this earth, he, he didn't read the articles from the Jerusalem Post or the Way Street Journal. He focused on what he was called to do. You see, this is the thing. Jesus didn't come to call friends. He came to save lost people. He didn't tally up whether people liked him or not because he was concerned about their soul. He was concerned about their eternity. The one thing that he did, that even when those were closest to him, they would ask him a question. Jesus did the most magnificent thing and, 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 and one of the most foundational things in our life. He would answer the question with a question. Jesus, what are we going to do? These people hungry. I don't know what you're going to do. That's really paraphrasing right there. And see, today, do you think that anything that you're going through, that God is like, oh, I didn't know that going to happen. Huh? If you believe that, then he's not omniscient. Can I tell you something? God is truly the only, the only know-it-all. So in the midst of that, what he would do is ask a question with a question. And I'm going to do that. I, I, I'm just going to keep going with the question. So what are you made of? And I think the way that we answer that question is for you to come to the place, what are you made for? See, some of you may think that you're God's gift. That you know what? That your blog is more important than the blood. I've got to tell you right now, I ain't against your blog. I ain't against all that. But the blood is more important than your blog. And I'm going to tell you this. If, if, if all you have, and somebody said, well, you know, Pastor, what, what, what do you mean? And I'm really going to hammer some stuff out here in a minute. If the Holy Ghost will help me. Can I tell you something? You're more, how big is that screen, Amy? You're more than what is three by five. Can I tell you something? You all know, man, I'm made for radio. I ain't made for TV. It still amazes me how all this can fit on your little old phone. But you are more than what is virtual. Now, I know that as we talk about that, and that's the way some of you, and I'm going to tell you something, man. I know we can be everything on a screen and everything else, but when you're going to get out and reach somebody? When you're going to get out and get real with somebody? I love these people right now, man. They're like weeping. I want to be in church, man. I'm going to talk. I want to be. And I do understand that. And it's, I don't know when it's coming. And this church is so hungry. Because you're so family-oriented. See, my heart's starting to break in. i got to get off that because I know you. But the thing is, you're so much more than that. Why are we getting 200 turkeys? Because we won't reach people. Somebody says, is a turkey going to save them? Nope. 
But God's hand giving it to them will sure let them know that we have no agenda other than God to give somebody a turkey. We're called to do that. I'll tell you this. You can look at me and tell you, Amy reached me through my belly. Listen, when you reach, Jesus came to the need. He came to the need. I'm going to say it again here online. Please share this. If you are hungry, you don't have to be hungry. You don't have to be hungry. I will guarantee you, we will see that you are fed. You may have to cook it yourself. Come on now. There's a storehouse over here that God prepared. Question number one was, what are, what are you made of? But now, Amy, what are you made for? What are you made for? Well, I'm made to gripe and complain. I'm made to murmur. Let's go to Jeremiah 1, okay? Jeremiah 1. I love it. Dark time. Transitional time, man. Transitional time. For Israel. Nebuchadnezzar, they don't know, man. It's, they get captivities coming. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, unto Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, and he said, Oh, Lord, hold on a minute. How many of us have been right there? Jake, you know, I know your day. Oh, Lord, what you talking about? <laughs> huh? God's ever, you know, in that calling that comes. What, what do you mean you want me to get in front of people? Didn't he see, I remember. What were you, 12? 11? Years ago, when those precious saints of God, brother and sister Hilliard, poured into a young 11-year-old girl and said, you know, when the doctors, y'all don't know that story about her arm, and I never get sick of that. She can tell that 130,000 times. I never get tired of what God's done. But somebody believed in her. Why? Because they believed in the God in her. And Jenny knows exactly the battle she had to face. She doesn't like being in front of people. Now, don't let Jenny fool you. She, listen, she's a smart aleck. She will get right with you that quick, kind of. What's Jenny's? She'll snap right back, boy, in the midst of that. But God was forming her even back then. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know what that's saying, Jenny? Before you ever got behind a piano, I'm just using you up here. Before you ever got behind a piano, I knew you'd be leading people in worship. It's hard for you to grasp, isn't it? Oh, Lord, I don't even know how to play. Oh, Lord, I'm just a child. I'm kind of like Moses. Lord, you know I can't talk right. Lord, you know where I've been. You know what I've done. He already does. Don't waste your breath. He said, oh, Lord, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go. Listen, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, you're going to speak. Here's what I need to tell you today. That you, listen, before you were created in purpose, you need to write this down. Before you were created in purpose or in person, God created you with a plan. You see purpose, God sees plan. What's God's plan? To reach as many persons as he can. Understand, Stephanie? What am I doing in Litchfield, Kentucky? God knows. Asher, why did you have to go? God knows. 
So you know what? When he says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That means God knew you before you even knew you, before anybody else knew you. And the simplicity of that, what are you made for? You are made for a purpose. And as simple as this is, and without quoting Jeremiah 29, 11, you need to understand that you are created for His glory. I'm building on my composite Christianity. What are you made of has to be solidified by what you're made for. I asked a few people this week, Linda, I asked them this. I said, you know what? I said, uh, I said without, without asking me another question, I want you to answer this one. What are you looking for? I asked somebody close to me, what are you looking for? They said, what do you mean? I said, you're out. I told you without asking me another question, I'm going to ask you the same thing. What are you looking for? And you know what? I asked this to my wife. I said, honey, what are you looking for? I said, you can't ask me nothing else. She said, okay. She said, I think that we're looking for purpose. Because see what happens when people have a purpose, they got a reason to get up. See, when you're created with a purpose, you understand that you've got to get up because somebody's counting on you. Oh, you need more than that. So Jesus, just stay in the grave. Hell said, we got him now. Jesus said, hold on a minute. I got people counting on me. You can't keep me down. Now, get that stone out of the way. I'm getting ready to come out. Hell said, you ain't coming out of this. He tell hell to shut up. When you understand, and and, and as simple as this is, what are you made for? When you tie that back to purpose, man, those are the most secure people. They're the most secure people that you'll ever find. You know why? Because they like Jesus. Their face is set like a blank. You can't go, you can't go to Jerusalem, Jesus. They're going to kill you. You can't do that, Jesus. You know what? They're going to kill you. His face was set like a flint. It even testifies of it in the Old Testament. He said his face was set like a flint. And he looks at me and said, you don't understand. All your mind's on living. Mind's on dying so you can live. When you... Listen, I got to tell y'all right now, I love y'all, man. But I can't live through y'all. I got to live through him. And the real thing is this, is that Jesus, the only way that he lives today is when he lives through the power of a testimony that we can give and through that precious holy, that holy gospel that we preach and that not only that we say, but we live. What are you made for? You're made for his glory. Those streams of glory, the greatest glory that the Father said, man, is in Genesis. It's in John 12 when Jesus said, when he was speaking to that glory from the Father, that he said, this seed, who I am, has got to be planted. But I'm going to tell you, you can pile all the dirt on me you want. You can put a bigger rock as you want to put in front of that tomb. But I'm telling you right now, all the dirt and the biggest of rocks can't keep me back, can't keep me from doing what I was called to do. 
if God just had some people that would rise up and say, you ain't throwing no more dirt on me, Jack. I'm coming out of this. Let me say, let me say this. I heard this little story, and it's worth talking about. Stories are told about this little old donkey. He fell in the well. I don't think it's a true story. Just a little story I'm telling. Little donkey fell in the well. Old donkey. Farmer looked in there, donkey down there braying. He said, he's an old donkey. He said, we just going to throw the dirt on him. We just going to throw it in on him. He, he just, uh, no, no chance of getting him out. They kept throwing that dirt in. Farmers come over every day, throw a little more dirt in. Finally, when they thought they had it up, they looked over there, and there's a donkey in the yard. How'd that happen? What he did is every time they threw the dirt in, he just got on top of the dirt. They kept throwing it in until he got all the way to the top. I'm telling you right now, there's people throwing the dirt on you. You just need to put that dirt under your feet. You're rising to the top. Am I preaching to anybody yet? You're rising to the top. Listen, that ain't your grave. That's just your get up right there and telling you that, listen, this ain't about you. I've got a testimony of my glory working in your life right now. made his purpose you got to figure it out church we ain't made man just to just we ain't, we, ain't, we ain't made to sit inside of stained glass windows and sit on cushion pews play the chords the noise everything else we listen we that ain't all we about we about reaching people man for Jesus Christ can I get a witness in the house for look at verse 8 of chapter 1 before listen before he goes on he knows what he's going to face he knows what he's going to face let me me, me go to verse 9 I'm going to come back to 8 then the Lord put forth his hand Jeremiah talking he touched my mouth Boy, don't some of it, I better move on. Now, go ahead and say this. Lord, touch my mouth. Touch my mouth. Never let me complain and murmur again. God, if I, if I start to gossip, take a holy coal, a hot holy coal off of your altar and touch my lips that I won't speak ill against my brother. God, touch these lips and touch my mouth that the words that I speak will bring you glory. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I put my words in thy mouth. By the way, let, let it be God's word that come out. Listen, don't be somebody else's puppet. Don't let Jezebel tell you what to do. Don't you be somebody else's puppet, Ahab. Well, they told me, don't, don't you dare. Let the Lord put his words in your mouth. Because it's his word that changes people. See, I have this day, I hear, and you know what? This is tough, man, for him to grasp. Same way it is for you today, but I want you to receive. He said, see. Turn to somebody and say, see. I asked you a while ago what everybody's looking for. How can everybody be looking for something and nobody's seeing anything? I'm not, y'all need to grasp it. Now, I know y'all going to have to ponder that one. I've never seen it. What are you looking for? Everybody looking for something, but nobody's seeing anything. 
If you're in the kingdom and you say, what am I looking for? Jesus said, look, under the fields, they're white on the harvest. Can you not see right now, kingdom of God-minded people, that this world is getting ready to close up? Can you not see that this harvest is ripe? Can you not see the liberal agenda? Can you not see the way that they want to stop, curse, and kill everything that's about your Christianity? I don't need a political leader to tell me that. Too many people following a donkey or an elephant when we should be following the Lamb of God. Can I get a witness? I know I make everybody mad. And I'm not here. Listen, I'm telling you right now. Follow the Lamb of God. Look. Behold. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You know what he's saying. I want some of you to receive. No, I want all of you to receive. See, I this day set you over nations and over kingdoms. I'm worried about China. I'm worried about Iran. I'm worried about this nation. I'm worried about that nation. I'm worried about this kingdom. I'm worried about hell's kingdom. Can I tell you something? Right here, what he give to Jeremiah, he can give to you. He can set you. Not for you to be flighty. But he can set you to where you'll have the power over the nations. Can I get a witness from anybody? He'll give you that power over the kingdoms that are coming against you. There's all kinds of kingdoms. Over the kingdom. You know what he's going to get you to do? He's going to get you to root out. Root out. I'm going to tell you this. Some of y'all don't understand what root out means. Root out means when you got two big boys sleeping in a bunk bed, you got to root one of them out on the floor. Some of you have got to do the same thing right now. You got to root the enemy out of your life. He's crowding you right now. He's taking up your space right now. You got to root him out. I better move on. To root out. Somebody say root out. To pull down. To destroy. And to throw down. All of those are methods and, and, and are instruction to us in what to do as we truly take an offensive. Root out. Throw down all of these things, destroy every bit of this. But that ain't enough. Listen, here, here's the problem. And this is what's going on today with so many people. All you want to do is tear down something. Well, then if you tear down something, all you got's empty. Look at the rest of the verse, what he called him to do. He said, I didn't just call you to do that, to root out, to tear down. He said, I told you to build and to plant. You don't till up. Dennis, we, we, don't, we don't till up. You don't till up the garden and say, boy, I got that done. You don't till it up, just be tilling it up, do you? You want to plant something. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, and you be encouraged. The gates of hell are fighting against you. But if you'll read Matthew 16, you can declare today that the gates of hell will not prevail against the precious bride of Christ. It will not. But today God has given you this power before he formed you before you were a person he had a plan now go back to verse 8 look what he says before he even speaks this I love this actually before he even speaks it over his life you know what he says be not afraid of their faces husbands how many of y'all can tell what your wife thinking by the look she give you 
you know what, this is one thing, and, and the praise team would tell you this, and, and, and church, don't take this the wrong way. But I'll tell you this, and, and I can say this as a pastor, and I say this with all the love that's in me, that if I looked at your face, I'd never get through it. I, I wouldn't get through it. <laughs> Let me tell you what, really, I'm not looking for the praise team to say amen. I'll just preach this out on my own. I'm not going to put you all on the rope, all right? But the real part of this is if I paid attention to how you looked and how you felt, I'd never get the word of God out to you. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. You can't preach to how it looked like and how it feel like. you got to preach how you know like. And I'm going to tell you right now, you may be sitting there. I've seen it happen too many times. You may be sitting there sire as you can be. And then I watch the Holy Ghost go. And you take all that old junk off your face and put some joy in your heart. time you leave here, you jumping up saying, glory be to God. Yeah, you know, I like when the Holy Ghost comes, you get that God. Come, you get that strength. He said, don't you be afraid of their faces. You know what he's saying? Get rid of your memes. <laughs> Amy sent me a meme yesterday. Isn't that what they're called, Amy? Little faces and stuff? Or emojis? Is that what they're called? Sorry, they're called emojis. Y'all have to forgive me. And she sent me this one. And I'm like, baby, what's that mean? <laughs> I don't get it all. But I'm going to tell you right. He's, he, I'll tell you, tell you the story the, or, or the bottom line of it. Don't be afraid of their faces. Do what you're called to do. You know why? He said, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. I'm with you. And you know why I'm with you? I'm with you to deliver you. Right now, everything that you got going on, know what you're made of and what you're made for. Jeremiah knew it. What a classic example. What a foundational example. What about in Esther chapter 5? I got this in the Holy Ghost this week. So many people, and you need to get this because this is pretty powerful stuff. It really preached to me. For those of you who don't know the story of Esther, please read the Bible. Please, please read that. I'm not going to have time to, to, to tell you the whole story. But Esther was an orphan child taken on by her uncle Mordecai. She was very pretty. God was getting ready to use the favor of who she was to put her in the king's court of what would be a pagan nation. And she was really trying to figure out whether that would be. And Mordecai said, listen, I'm paraphrasing in four, I think, of that, of that book. He said, listen, all the Jews are going to be slaughtered if you don't do what the Lord is saying do. And you all know, we've been saying this for a long time, for such a time as this. Do you realize today that the very foundational principles that we stand on are right now in, in, in real jeopardy? And it's more than packing the court. It's more than that. It is a mindset of humanistic theology. And humanism at, at, at truly a pinnacle. Back to the story. Tells her that. You all know it. She says, get some people to fast for me. God puts you in the right place. And Haman. The word said this wicked Haman, he's the one that had this diabolical plan to kill all the Jews. And I want to tell you something, Christian, right now, not that we're Jewish, but we are Christians. And we are for God and God is for us. 
And today, let me tell you, the wickedness and that wicked spirit that was in Haman is much in the world today. I know I'm getting deeper with you. Stay with me. It's much in the world today. It hates anything that looks like God, acts like God, sings, or sounds like God. Today, when you stand and you say, you know what? I believe in the right to life. A liberal agenda hates that. When you say today, I believe in marriage between one man and one woman. <gasps> Hate speech. Hates it. If you've been around me any length of time, you already know. We believe in the principles and the foundational structure that this Word of God placed in this nation hundreds of years ago. Period. Haman said this. Haman said, we're going to kill all the Jews. And you know what? He hated Mordecai. And he said, we're going to build, paraphrasing again, he said, we're going to build a platform. The word is gallows, but it means a platform. He said, we're going to build a platform, and we're going to build it 75 feet high. Please stay with me. I could use you right now. See, we're going to build it 75 feet high, and we're going to hang Mordecai because he believes in life. And he doesn't believe in killing off. He doesn't believe in mass genocide. Christian, to you and I, we don't believe in the aborting of babies. We don't believe in genetically. It's coming. It's coming. We don't believe in letting that baby come full term and then figuring out whether it lives or dies. We don't believe in that. Or excuse me, I don't believe in that. The rest is up to you. Haman said, build it 75 feet high. They built it. I want to tell you something. I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you let them build their platform. You lay the foundation. This is what I believe is going to happen. I believe the platforms, have you ever noticed the way that the terminology is used now? They say, well, they're running on a particular platform. They're running on this particular agenda. They're using this platform to reach this one and to reach that one. Well, listen, are you crazy? Somebody's got to pay for some of this stuff. What, you crazy? I'm not trying to get political. But the problem today is that we're building platforms, Amy, and there's platforms with no foundation. Yeah, we can do it. You can do it. Who's going to pay for it? There's no foundation. We today as Christians, how many of you know that you are bought and paid for and the foundation has been laid 2,000 years ago? Listen, lay no other foundation other than Jesus Christ. Him, not just dying on the cross, not just be buried in the ground, but rising on the third day, build on the foundation of a risen Lord, not a dead story, fable, or anything else. Guess what happened? And I believe this. Haman ended up hanging on the very thing he made. You need to be very careful the platform you're running on. You need to be very careful standing on a platform that has no foundation. 
our foundation and the platform in which we preach today stands. This, this platform stands on the foundation of a sure word of God. I like when old Paul said, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech. <laughs> I didn't come to you that way. He no doubt could have been a good orator, and, and surely was. But he said, I come to you in the power of this precious word. And he said, I come to you in demonstration of God. Let me move on. What is it? Don't be afraid of their faces. I broke this down. Don't be led though, don't be led by those that spend more time ranting than they do reaching. You can rant all day long, but are you reaching anybody? Here's the thing today. I don't get up here to rant. I'm trying to reach somebody. If you're out there and you're lost, I'm trying to reach you. Listen, I wrote this down. We got too many busy mouths and idle hearts and hands. I'm not interested in people that are looking to have a voice. You hear the voice, but you don't see their hands. And today, everybody's got a voice, man, but nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to listen. No, I'm going to cancel that right there. No, that don't line up with me. Instead of having an honest discussion about this precious word. Let me move on. I wrote this down. We got too many people in the press box, too many people in the press box, and not enough people playing on the field. Everybody want to be in the press box. We got too many commentators and not enough participators. Everybody want to tell you how to run your life, and they can't run their own. Everybody want to tell you how to run a church, and you know what? They want to tell you how to do this. I better watch it because I'm, I'm. They want to tell you how to do everything they think they can do, and they ain't never led nothing. When you lead, we have to lead by the Holy Ghost of God and by His Word. Now, turn to somebody. I know y'all stay with me. Stay with me here. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus had a ground game. My favorite point for me. I played fullback in high school. I know I don't look like I'd be playing any back. Played fullback, man, and there were times that we, we were horrible my senior year. Won one game. <laughs> but I remember they give it to me, man. I had 32 dive, 31, something like that. And I go up there and say, we got to grind it out. We got to have a ground game. If you'll notice today, you're hearing that word ground game a lot more. Jesus had a ground game. He didn't buy a commercial. He didn't have a blog. He didn't have a Twitter account. He didn't have a Facebook page. And there's no man ever or will there ever be that has had the impact on humanity like Jesus Christ. Why? Because he had a ground game. He proved who he said he was. Back, I guess it was in the early 90s, how mummy come on the scene at UK. For those of you UK fans, I may be wrong here. Somewhere back then, Tim Couch, Hal Mummy, Air Raid. Man, Kentucky was horrible, but boy, they could throw the ball. They could be on the 20-yard line, the opposing 20-yard line. On their own 20-yard line, they go for it on fourth down. They throw a long bomb, Tim Couch, all in, they do all the Air Raid. And everybody wants to get that long pass. They want to do all, but can I tell you, there's times you got to grind it out. you got to have a ground game. Jesus proved he was who he said he was. And today, what's going on with us? 
Church, we've got to have a ground game. And as I say that today, here we are online, and here we are thankful for the open doors, the effectual doors that have been opened. I understand all that. But who are you in person? Who are you going to be? And, you know, maybe you're waiting to get out because, and I understand that. I do understand. Some of you may be in quarantine, but the real part of this is that when you get out, who are you going to be? Praise team, come on back up. I'm almost done. Another 30 minutes will catch it. Just kidding, folks online. I shouldn't be that. So when I say that, it is so critical. To have a ground game. Is my mind on four years from now? Is my mind on January 5th? Is my mind this year or this coming year? Is my mind on 2021? Is my mind on those things? Do I think about it? Yes. Do I pray about it? Yes. You know why, Eric? Because without a ground game, we ain't going to win it. We need a ground game, church. I love the word, Jake, that he says. Something like this. As he passed by. And then Jesus came. He had a ground game. He had a ground game. My question to you is, do you have a ground game? Who are you going to be when you leave here? Tomorrow, I'm going to hand out some turkeys. I'm going to hand out some gospels. John, I got a ground game. I just don't want to tell people about him. I want people to come to him. Got to close. Now, boy, we're a long way from composite Christianity. No, we're right where I want to be, Dennis. Dennis, you know this. Other Dennis know this all too well. You understand composite because you deal with concrete. Concrete is made up of a composite of materials. Is that correct? Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we've got an aggregate. We usually have some type of rock, correct? Then we have a cement-type mixture, correct? And then we add some water or something like that. Is that correct? That's going to get us. So, you know, when you talk about, we use the word solidify, stay with me. But this word here, composite, is when you take more than one material, you take at least two materials, you put them together, and they then begin to form something else. What I'm telling you right now is you can't make it on your own. You can't make it on your own. Asher, you and I are stronger together. Would you agree with that? And no offense, I think that may be a slogan somebody uses. But I'm going to tell you right now, when y'all back here behind me, I'm stronger. Amy, you know what? When you and I are together, I tell you what, you give me this little woman right here. (laughs) You give me, me and her and Jesus, you better look out. So what I'm saying, that word composite is taking more than one material. It's taking the aggregate. It's taking the cement. It's taking the water. But then you can add even more to make it stronger. So what are we saying? That right now hell is pummeling you. So when I'm weak, then I'm made strong. How? I showed you in 2 Peter my faith. On faith, I begin to put virtue. And then you've got seven or eight things. So all of those things now, I've got a layered Christianity. Let me show you what that means. What about 
that when Peter and John went up to the temple to pray? What about Paul and Silas when they were in, huh? You understand what I'm talking about? Now we got composite Christianity. Turn to somebody and say, we ain't in this alone. See, now we're building a composite Christianity for the folks here, for the folks online, for the folks that's going to get this next week through a podcast or whatever else. Uh, That in all of that, we're stronger. You can add more to it, can't you, Dennis? You can add fiber to that, can't you? You begin to add that fiber, and it's so small, you've dealt with it too, that when you're doing that, you can see those fibers woven throughout. But not just that. For those of you who know anything about rebar, you know anything about that woven type of mesh that you put in there that solidifies that. Composite. What is it? Right out here on this. This is made of composite material. It's stronger than a two-by-four. It has a polymer-type substance. It's put together like that. The thing is, what I'm trying to tell you, is that two of us are stronger than one according to scripture and a threefold cord is not quickly broken composite Christianity I got more that I ain't gonna get to I really need to talk about this thing y'all give me just just a second here Don't don't turn it off Larry, you and Kathy, some of y'all watch this, it's going to mess them up. In the 80s and 90s, there was these people who were called faith healers. Not against it. Remember, Steph, you know, you, you run some of the same circles I did, you understand. Remember, they were faith healers. And I'm not saying there's not a gift of healing. I'm not saying a particular gift can't even rest. Mike, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Asher, you understand. Hear that word, faith healers. I'll tell you what I've decided today. I'm going to be a faith healer. Y'all are thinking... It's crazy. How do you decide that? I'm going to be a faith healer. I was praying this week, man, and I was thinking about that. Lord, and that just dropped into my spirit. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? He said, right now, there's never been a time to where people need their faith healed more than right now. I see that. And Amy, I began to pray. And the Holy Spirit said, Those, there's those that have a wounded faith. There's those that have a worn out faith. There's those that have a washed up faith. They said, I can't be of any use to God anymore. There's those that have a weak faith. There's those that just got old worldly faith. I said, Holy Ghost, help me. He said, I want you to be a faith healer. And when you see somebody worn out, be a cool drink. When you see somebody washed up and they say, God can't use me, you tell them, if I use Noah and he was a drunkard, I could use you. If I could use Moses and he done killed somebody, why can't I use you? Listen, if he could use Rahab the harlot, why can't he use you? I'm going to be a mere faith healer. Because all around me, I see people right now, man, that you hurting. And your faith, boys, being pummeled. See, what does Satan want to hit? He wants your faith, Steve. Simon, I've prayed for you. 
wounded, worn out, weak. And for those of you that have a worldly faith today, and you may be watching, thank you so much. Whether you stumbled upon the Potter's Hope website, Facebook, or whatever, I'm thankful that you found your way here. I don't believe you stumbled onto it. I believe somehow God opened a door for it. I have faith today. I have faith today that this world will not stand, but the kingdom will. I have faith today that challenges will come, but we are composite Christians. God has put in us exactly what we need, as strong as that is, much stronger than the two before. We're stronger. But you've got to add to your faith, okay? I know by faith, by grace are you saved through faith. I understand that. But some of you right now need to add some things. I know you love God, but you need to start adding reading that Bible. You need to start adding the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you need to start adding some true worship. What's true worship look like? Didn't we have some of that true worship when you're at home and you just bust out dancing and shouting before God and say, God, I don't even know what song I'm singing, but it's all to you. It's when you just get happy. I love when those little kids get them happy feet, man. Some of y'all need to get some happy feet. Don't just let them get happy. Let them get holy and you'll stomp the devil's head clear off. Come on. Be a faith healer. Today before we close, I don't know where you're at in this, but, but I've got to tell you, what are you made of? What are you made for? Are you standing? Do you have a platform or do you truly have a foundation? No other foundation can any man lay other than that which is in Jesus Christ. I go to church. I do the work. It doesn't matter. My foundation, your foundation has to be in Jesus Christ. That if you stripped all those things away today, church, and much of you have had many things you feel like taking away, he's still your foundation. Weak, worn out, and wounded. There's a healer in the house. It's not me when I said I'm going to be a faith healer. I want to encourage you. There's a healer right now coming to where you are. I'm more out in my marriage. I'm more out with my kids. I, I don't know if I got enough faith. Hang in there. Man. God, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Right now, man, I know you're tired of so much. But hang in there. As they worship, I want to invite you to do this. I want to invite you to make an altar wherever you are. They're at home. You could be listening on the radio. Wherever this message finds you, make an altar right now. Don't bow your head. <laughs> bow your heart to Him. And if you're out there today and you're lost, Jesus is the way. He loves you. Repent. Turn. Come to Him and say, boy, I blew it. I failed. I've sinned against you. And let Him heal you. Let Him save you. Let him deliver you from where you're at. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.